0: You're listening to the Toledo City Paper, reader and radio listener, voted best of Toledo 2022, the best radio show and best podcast. Bring what you got. The measuring stick just changed around here, buddy. You're looking at it. In five, four, three, two. Initialize sequence. (laughs) The Doctor is in. This is Randomosity Toledo's only vinyl radio show. On air, online, anytime on demand at your fingertips. Spotify, iHeartRadio, YouTube, Podbean, Audible, on Amazon. You can also find us on Player FM. We're on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash forward Randomosity Podcast, and on X, formerly known as Twitter, Randomosity T O L. Well, we. We are at it again folks that's right it's time it's time for the best of toledo finals and wouldn't you know it randomosity toledo's only vinyl radio show has been nominated once again for best radio show and best podcast and we just want to say thank you to everybody who voted to uh put us there to nominate us it was it's it's quite an honor and it's a pleasure and i can't stress enough um how humbled we all are here at the program to be nominated and to be in the finals and to have an opportunity to possibly go back to back because we won last year for best radio show and best podcast and you can go vote for us right now at the Toledo City Paper website, toledocitypaper.com. Pull up best of Toledo 2023, okay? Go to the section that says media and then pull up radio show and podcast and there we are. You can vote every day, once a day, through december 15th so be sure to come back each and every single day because we need your vote and we're willing to work for your vote and speaking of working for your vote you know there's a lot of people men women what have you that worked really hard to get your laugh and to get your attention and to basically bring something to the table that nobody else was doing and i gotta tell you you know Somebody who I have a lot of respect for in the comedy world uh, is a guy by the name of Lenny Bruce. Some of you may have heard of him. Some of you have not. And the whole thing with Lenny was Lenny started off like a lot of other comics did. You know, he was doing the stuff that you know, influenced him and he's you know doing whatever he's doing and he's, he's going off of what he knows. But then he decided to kind of veer off and do his own thing and focus more on issues that were going on in society, issues that were going on with religion, politics, what have you. And at that particular point in time, when he was coming to prominence, late 50s through the early 1960s, Lenny was breaking a lot of ground and he was getting arrested for obscenity in a lot of different areas, Uh, most notably uh, the obscenity trial uh, in 1964 that he was convicted for. And. the whole idea was that he went on stage and said some things that were considered obscene and so he was convicted Uh, later his obscenity uh, convictions were overturned but sadly he passed away august 3rd 1966 at the age of 40 long before he really had a chance to break through the wall but what he did was he opened up the doors for a lot of other people that came after him. George Carlin, uh, Saturday Night Live was heavily, heavily, heavily inspired, especially in the early days by a lot of Lenny Bruce material. Richard Pryor, um, I mean, I could go down the list. There were a lot, a lot of people that have Lenny Bruce to thank for their career. So we're going to do the series online only. You will not hear this at all, at all, on Owens Community College Radio. And, you know, we're still doing there. We're doing something there called A Month of Thanks. Here, online only, we're doing a series called First Amendment Comedy. We're getting it kicked off this week with my man Lenny Bruce. We'll be back in a little while. Don't you go anywhere. My name is Dr. J Thomas. This is Randomosity, Toledo's only vinyl radio show. And before I bounce to my man Lenny, I just gotta say thank you to everybody at Crumbly Comedy for helping put this thing together. And we're gonna talk more about them right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, the doctor is in. The
1: greatest doctrine of liberty is the California Penal Code really is. It's a beautiful book. Because right in the beginning of the book, it says that no act is criminal or punishable as prescribed in this code. Can not be any prior restraint. You can, that's, what, that's what the liberty means, you know. Until they do something. I really believe that the only thing that's immoral, you know, is that which is illegal. We've seen a lot of overlap, you know, with uh, quasi-religious people and the law. It comes out a lot with the demonstrations. Most people I've talked to actually are demonstrating against the police department, against police men, they're demonstrating. I think the reason that they're demonstrating against police men is that they they kind of think that the authority and the people who have the authority vested in them are the same. And that comes from a screwed up religious background. And I think the way that happened was a lot of the missionaries who uh, sort of gave the religious instruction to the savages Never really were definite with the people about That they weren't God And they were just instructors Just like they were Just people And the savages would go uh, Are you God? they go Well, I'm not God, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, It's, you know uh. And so by omission The savage might assume That he was God And that he was not just He had the authority vested in him Rather than someone who uh, Know, is the authority and the people I can't you know make that definition of the people who have the authority vested in them and, and the authority really uh, creates a big hang up because I think the, the authority comes from the people us and how it happened probably when we first started the tribe we needed some kind of rule and the guy said let's make some real simple rules what we'll do is we'll divide up this living area and we'll Let's see, we'll sleep in area A, we'll eat in area B, we'll throw a crap in area C. (laughs) That's simple, okay, okay. All agreed, eat, sleep, and crap. All right, good. Hands have it, hands have it. And they all went to sleep, and a guy woke up and he got a face full of crap. Pow! (laughs) And he went, what kind of rule? Eat, sleep, and crap, and I'm sleeping, I got a face full of crap. (laughs) I said, oh, well, it's maybe uh, we have to have something to enforce the rule. Uh, We have a law, law enforcement. That's it, law enforcement, good. We'll hire somebody to enforce the rule, have a penalty. That's what If anybody throws any crap on us while we're eating or sleeping, they gotta live in a crap house. Because if we prescribe it in front Tell them where it's at, then uh, Yeah, that's cool, okay Do we agree on it? Okay, well, wait a minute, what if it's uh, friends of Oh, you shut up, <laughs> friend schmuck That's a rule, it has nothing to, that, that'll be the Turn on the fact That'll be the doctrine of reasonable doubt If the law is broken, everybody pays the dues Everybody who throws any crap on us While we're sleeping or eating is indecent And they get thrown in the crap house That'll be the rule all right, okay, we all agree But we gotta get somebody to throw them in the crap house <laughs> I can't do it because I do business with these assholes <laughs> Let's See what I'll do, I'll... That's we'll get some guy to do it, that's all what the hell? Put an ad in the post office there, wanted somebody to enforce the law Our law, good Okay, uh, listen, here's what the job is We're trying to get some sleep, see and there's a lot of people throwing crap on us. <laughs> now, we figured out the best way to stop it is throw them in a the crap house. And we need somebody to do it. Now we find out that they won't go there by themselves. So here's a stick and a gun and throw them right in a crap house. But I tell you what, don't do it in front of me, see? This may sound like I'm a hypocrite, but I got to do business with these assholes, see? and. Uh, so I'll make you the bad guy <laughs> See, when any, you just throw him right in the shit shithouse But don't do Wait till I'm away, see uh, In fact, I'll go in the back room, see And uh, because uh, And you'll hear me say a lot of times That you take a certain kind of mentality To do that work, you know And all that bullshit But uh, you just make sure you do it, you know Or <laughs> well, your ass will get kicked and thrown in the crap house Because <laughs> i got to make, you know Somebody the bad guy And, uh, So that's where it's at. You know, the people really don't realize that the the policeman is the infantryman, and he's the blue coat. It's amazing how the people can demonstrate against him or the National Guard, because any time we get a riot, you know, because once we agree on the rule, it's like some cat kind of saying, okay, we all agreed on the rule and the guy woke up and he got a face full of crap and he looks and he's all alone and he goes, what's the deal here, we had a rule and they tell him it's a religious holiday. <laughs> and the guy goes, bullshit, you know, that's, that's no kind of rule then, I'll separate the church and the state right now. The Federalist rule will be here and that'll be constant, you know. And then, and then even if the nine million people find things distasteful, they can demonstrate their ass off but they still can't throw any garbage on me. Until they do it the right way Until they repeal it Bullshit on the majority The one person, no Ku Klux Klan core, anybody can bully me I can just have it the way I want So what happens, any kind of demonstration or any riot You got all the people wailing their ass off of sticks and stones Then you got a cop there with a short sleeved shirt on and a stick in his hand And the people are yelling Gestapo at him Gestapo you schmuck on the mailman <laughs> Where does that figure? The burden shifts to the wrong place all the time. What happens many times is, I think actually what the people, they look to, what they want is to beat the devil. They really believe that there is a, a good and a bad. I think that's the difference between the religion and the Federalist law, is that in the Federalist system with the Constitution, Constitution doesn't recognize any indecent people. In other words, there's no decent section of town, indecent section, it's just anybody throws any crap on us, they're indecent, that's all. The, The Supreme Court aren't confused at all. The Supreme Court, the reason the Supreme Court, a lot of people think that they're liberal, they're loosening up, they're not loosening up any area. The Supreme Court is concerned with one thing, the First Amendment, and here's their concern. Not with anybody saying shit. That has nothing to do with the First Amendment. They're concerned with the information, that there's no bar to the communication system. And all the First Amendment is freedom of speech. Is The accent is not on the speech, but the right to say it. And the freedom of the press is the right to read it or hear it. So they know what will happen if anybody decides that this certain kind of information shouldn't get through. And they restrict it, you've got a weak country because a country can only be strong when they know about the bad. because a knowledge of syphilis is not an instruction to get it. <laughs> if you restrict the country only to knowing about all the nice things about themselves, well, that's what happened to Hitler. He was just bullshitted by all his friends, you know. <laughs> and he probably kept saying, you know, don't bullshit me, I mean, oh, you're doing great, everybody loves this, you know, that's, uh, you yeah, that's where it's at. The fact that the communication system, the First Amendment, was abridged a lot in the South. The people are very primitive there. They're very religious people. They believe in trial by ordeal. That if you're really a good man, you can get rid of syphilis by sweating and taking good shit and running around. You don't need, you don't need pills and all that poison, you know. It brings about the Ku Klux Klan and a guy that I really, f- well, I really feel sorry for the Shelton, the wizard now. I feel sorry for a lot of Ku Klux Klan members. F- And the reason is valid. When a guy joined the Ku Klux Klan, I'm sure that he didn't say, I solemnly swear that I'll lynch people and I'll murder. No. It was the same scene as the communist writers. That witch hunt. There were some writers, you know, that uh, probably knew nothing about communism. And in order to get a gig, you know, like people join the Shriners or play golf to to meet different people. had some associations with this organization, this way, way back. And then they had like the House Un-American Activities Committee. and They grabbed everybody up, you know, all these writers, and they said, you know, the fact that the Communist Party, the Communists, overthrow the government, the fact that these people had anything to do with it one time in their life to even talk to some cat, that just blew it for them. Well, the same thing with the Ku Klux Klan. The fact that one Ku Klux Klan member lynched somebody sometime, some poor asshole now gets schlepped up before the House Un-American Activities Committee who doesn't know about anything. All he want to do is sell some used car to a guy in Tennessee. And, uh, well, you ever remember the Klan? And the fact that this cat didn't graduate high school really puts him uptight. The wizard now, you know Because it's really weird to, when, If you're ever on the stand You just drag in front of it, you know And were you ever, were you ever And uh, he doesn't understand the North, this cat at all The last time he did any signing or admitting anything uh, The copper has really screwed him out of everything So he's just uh, well, this Shelton, he doesn't want to admit that he's an American citizen even <laughs> He keeps getting declined, 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 declined you know. The South You know, we pissed away a million dollars in radio-free Europe and never gave them a nickel, you know. (laughs) Yeah, just... uh... As far as they... They've had a lot of misreading over the obscenity. I don't know what... uh... It's really weird with that. The meaning they gave obscenity came from about five different cases where the First Amendment question was raised and it became what they call a constitutional fact. So it started out with Obscene means, and then the first parenthetical statement, because that's how the way the law is. The law wants to be that comprehensive, like paper, persons, houses, photographs. I like covered all. <laughs> you know, obscene means to the average person, meaning the person with the normal average sex instincts. How that came about? There was Ulysses tried to come in the country in about 1933. A book called Ulysses, and the customs and tariff people said no, the book is obscene. So through injunctive proceedings, he tried to knock it off. And the judge at that time, this Judge Woolsey, said, I don't think I'm going to apply the uh, Hicklin Rule anymore. What the Hicklin Rule said was how you judge the work is by the most corruptible mind in the community, the guy who gets horniest quickest. <laughs> in, in substance, that's what he was saying. The guy who gets horny smelling roses. You know." So he said, I think that the test should be to the man with the normal average sex instincts, the average man in the community. So that was the first parenthetical statement. C means the average person, then the second parenthetical statement was applying contemporary community standards. The instruction to the judicial branch, don't apply mid-Victorian standards, you know, recognizing the fact that maybe a judge 70 years old doesn't get out much, doesn't get much, and he would be then, you know, applying. So to the average person, to his own age, that was the balance. That the predominant appeal, what the thing is all about, Predominant on its face, you can just recognize it, appeals to prurient interest. Now the prurient interest like the steel interest. It's not something that the thing has. In other words, the thing has no prurient interest. The law recognizes that we all have a prurient interest. And if something is dedicated to entrap you, to incite you, then it was verboten. The thing that interests me is that The objection to pornography is that the people, all the people, have a normal average, a healthy interest in sex. All of a sudden comes along the pornographer who has a piece of material, some matter, that's really dedicated to incite you, to entrap you. Now, it's something that you wouldn't be thinking about. You're happily married and you're cooking along, and some schmuck comes along with something to bait you, something to make you fight the devil. That's what the objection is. Now, when I hear about faggots getting busted in toilets, <laughs> and I say, How'd you get arrested in the toilet? You know, I accosted a peace officer. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, you know, no concept of reality there, Uh, I mean, how did you have to do it? Well, I didn't know he was a peace officer. What do you mean? He wasn't wearing a costume, was he? He wasn't wearing a gown. Because I'm sure what a low-cut gown to a faggot would be, would be a pair of tight Levi's. I mean, if he was wearing a pair of tight Levi's and leaning up against the urinal in a pensive manner like this, (laughs) well, then the administrator should get his ass kicked. Is what he's doing he's appealing to the prurient interest of that faggot who wouldn't be thinking about that normally yeah that's why any kind of any kind of incitement is just it's just bullshit you can't you can't do that you can't you can't play god you can't entrap the people that way you know? I've seen that so well, how I got a hip to, you know, a lot of the law, you know, and that division of it, is that well, I've been in litigation for about five years. So what happens, well, there's two ways that happen. I'm doing my act on stage. Right? I'm working, doing good. Little do I know, the next morning, a peace officer is doing my act in front of the grand jury. Now, the peace officer is trained to recognize clear and present danger, not play make-believe. But he does my act, right? Here he is, Lenny Bruce, in substance. Grand jury watches the act. And they go, that stinks. I get busted. On his act. It's exactly what happens. Because of a misreading of the law, because of a very critical phrase, that the work must be considered as a whole, not an isolated excerpt, when that one guy does the act, what happens is that the complaint creates the corpus delicti. Just, just where it's at. Now, the irony of it, I have to go to court and defend him. <laughs> <laughs> that's what really gets insane. You know, that's... Now, in New York, like about s- maybe six weeks before, peace officer gets the gig and says, t- OK, you're going to do Lenny Bruce's act, in, uh, Six weeks, the Criminal Court's New York Special Sessions, part two B. So the cop goes, I'm not a comedian, never mind that crap, you're gonna do the act, that's all. Well, do I get any instruction or drama class? Uh, (laughs) No, uh, here's a paper and pencil, go steal his act. All right, so here's a cop, he's in the audience, right? He's writing down and shit, what do you say? Missed 20 words, right? Bullshit and bullshit, right? And now he's going to do the act. Now the judge, 65, 70 years old, never heard of Lenny Bruce. Now he's going to hear Lenny Bruce the first time. Sway the piece off soon? Okay. Well, I don't have the whole actor on it, but I, you know, made these notes the judge. Through so the doctrine of revived recollection, you look at your notes, refresh your memory, okay. Um, shit, uh, c- Catholic, uh, schmuck, shit. Uh, uh, schmuck and stick in your schmuck. Uh, and Catholic, and asshole, Lyndon Johnson, and a schmuck, and shit, and shit.
0: <laughs>
1: Is that all of it? No, those he said shit a lot more times than. <laughs> I think that marijuana will be legal probably about five years because most of the law students I know smoke marijuana. <laughs> you know, and they'll become you know senators who will you know. Legislation to, uh, <laughs> to legalize it, and that's where it'll be at. Yeah. Probably have to investigate the. Uh... See, there's... since it's a manual operation, they roll it uh, in cigarette papers. In other words, it doesn't come already rolled. The next investigation will no doubt be to zigzag cigarette papers, you know. <laughs> there's a company, or Riz Law, uh, Mr. Zigzag, uh, you know, you've been making a fortune, you people, uh, for a lot of years, and Bugler went out of business. Uh, <laughs> how do you account for that? <laughs> There's no tobacco, and this just the cigarette papers are wailing on. I don't know. It's, uh, they're rolling marijuana in those cigarette papers. Oh, shit, that's right. A lot of it. They're just uh, rolling it and smoking it, and, uh, <laughs> I always think about that, about little neighborhood grocery stores, you know, that for years have been existing just on zigzag papers. They don't know that, you know? They can't even figure it out. You have big orders. They're awesome. dozen apples and blah, 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 and soap powder and this and that and some zigzag papers and... Uh, <laughs> I think, you know, <laughs> up in San Francisco, they got the... Uh, I always figured that afterwards, you know, that the, the Finocchio bus and the Grey Line Tours meets the bimbo bus and they all ball each other, and that's a, <laughs> <laughs> that's a punishment. They turn the two buses loose on each other, and uh, <laughs> yeah, the
0: Grey Line Tours are very dangerous. Branded uh, a sick comic, uh, Lenny was uh, actually blacklisted from TV, and uh, when he did appear, thanks to a lot of his fans, people like Hugh Hefner, Steve Allen, so on and so forth, it was... (laughs) Against the wishes of broadcast standards and practices. Uh, For example, uh, in 1959, Steve Allen had him on his show and he did a bit about uh, teenagers who sniffed airplane glue. And boy, did that get the censors riled up. He also made an unscripted comment on the uh, then recent marriage of Elizabeth Taylor to Eddie Fisher, wondering, will Elizabeth Taylor become bar mitzvah?" and, boy, did that fire people up. (laughs) Oh, man, so much has changed in the world of comedy, but you have to keep in mind, you've got to put it into perspective. Context is king. At that particular point in time, you didn't do that. There were a lot of things that were off-limits. You know, um, it was a very, uh, very I don't want to say simple time, but you know how... When you look back, like uh, TV shows, for example, okay, 1950s TV shows, you had shows like Leave It to Beaver and uh, My Three Sons and, and all this other stuff, right? All these shows that were based in sitcoms that were done and over with and you solved all the world's problems within a half hour plus commercials, Lenny Bruce ripped that script to shreds and just decided uh, no we're not gonna do that we're gonna do whatever we want to do and and I'm gonna say whatever I want to say and this is what I'm thinking and this is what's on my mind and he did it and he went out there and he worked his tail off and he sacrificed a lot for the world of stand-up comedy and, st- and speaking rather <clears throat> about people that uh, sacrifice a lot for the world of st- Stand-up comedy. You know we got these people in town that are helping to bring that uh, uh, art form back to the Glass City, and it's the people over at Crumbly Comedy. They got this really cool event going on November fifteenth at Ernest Brew Works downtown Toledo. It's called the Toledo War. Now, <laughs> check this out, okay? From 1835 to 1836, Ohio and Michigan had a war over rights to Toledo, but the charter was only. Good for 187 years. There was an obscure provision in the fine print and the way to settle it, a stand up comedy show. Five of Ohio's best comedians compete with a Michigan all star team to determine who owns Toledo. This sounds like a comedy show to end all comedy shows. Tickets are on sale right now. ToledoWar.Eventbrite.com. The Toledo War from Crumbly Comedy. Downtown. Ernest Brew Works. The Glass City is funny. More so than what people already think it is. Back to Lenny Bruce now. <laughs> on First Amendment Comedy. <coughs> oh, God. You know, my jokes can be funny, too. I'm just saying. I'm expecting... Some midgets
1: here. Midgets aren't really nice people, though. I try to be friendly to them and they just... They're nasty. If you try to pick them up, they hate it. They're no Jewish midgets. I don't know why, it's just... uh, I wonder what midgets are. (laughs) Pygmies, they're not midgets, really midgets, are they? You have to have brown hair to be a midget. I don't know if there are any pygmies, that was just something in National Geographic. (laughs) They're like salt. (laughs) I don't know, I I was asking, what if some colored people would get offended if you ask them (laughs) if they have any relations that are pygmies or something? There's nothing wrong with that, it? it? Why aren't march marching the parades? A whole bunch of pygmies. <laughs> I mean, a bunch of pygmies demonstrating. Governor Wallace said, What the hell is this? A bunch of pygmies with arrows and <laughs> dots and, and everything. Is it? My mother and my aunt always would tell me stories, not, not, they never gave me instruction like how to act. With ladies, but from listening to them and their reaction to guys, you know, I, that's, that was my instruction. So they always come home telling out stories about guys always behind bushes exposing themselves. And there, there was a, there was. There was like a band of perverts that tra- traveled. Okay, we had 717 We'll meet me and Ms. Cecil, and we'll meet. Everybody. Okay, you'll get behind the bush. Okay, you'll get the newspaper, the hat on your lap. And, uh, there were all these stations, you know, every day with trick disguises and masks. There were 55 guys, a whole troop of them. Okay, don't forget. Okay, yoo hello, lady. You know your number, you know your number. Okay, that's where you do your bit. Okay, the newspaper flash, you know, subway doors. yoo <laughs> You know, all those kind of bits. You know, and it's every day they came home. You know, and a line in the taxi cab and all the buses they are all waiting for them. <laughs> they was just following them boy and the had all the whole market cornered with those perverts always behind the bushes. It's those kind of dopey puzzles. Find the schmuck in the bush. You know, you find the face in the bush. Which guy is the bush? And the... yeah, it's uh, See, I don't know anything about anybody, see, I'm 40 years old now, and I don't know anything about any young, young people. I always wonder, because, you know, the the greatest line in the the meaning of, you know, what's obscene is applying contemporary community standards. There's a judge called Learned Hand, and he allowed for the shift in the feeling. In other words, since why that law can never be constant is that what we consider moral keeps shifting, shifting, shifting. And like in my generation, like, not that I consider it immoral, but I consider it embarrassing. Like a Planned Parenthood clock would just take it all away from me. You know, just, you know those Planned Parenthood clocks, it's like, just ding, dong, ding, dong. I can never do it. I just, I uh, can never do it on time. I would really feel it was contrived and prepared and like red lights and music. It just would be bullshit, you know. Because my generation was somehow conditioned not to do that ever. Oh, you're trying to screw me. That's what you're planning. So, so anything that's a plan is kind of a, I was going to write a book, you know, to... <laughs> you. Know, the book on its face would be a book how to make out with chicks, but it really would be the... Just the most vicious book that, you, that the guy followed the instructions would never make out. <laughs> you know, all the wrong things to say, you know. In the instruction manual, you know, like you go to the, go to the girl's house for dinner, and don't forget always compliment the girl, like little in, in things to say, like in front of the father, you know, boy, your daughter's got a terrific body on her, what a shape, <laughs> and your mistress, God bless, her, has got a terrific body. I'm telling you, it can <laughs> ruin you. And there's certain kind of areas of humor that I know that chicks are just, there's certain kind of are delicate areas, but see, the, again, the shift in the chain. In my generation, there's certain kinds of things we, we just never talk about, just be embarrassing, we just get, tell her these little jokes, keep saying, what I you got the ring on, what do you got the ring on? Oh, that's just, that's complete out of the question, you know. Or, uh, or say little things like, oh yeah, girls like to, yeah, yeah. be straightforward with it, don't be sneaky, just verbalize it, say, oh boy, I wish I had a nookie. Well, I really would like that if I had some of that, boy. I'd always appreciate it. Just uh, tell it, that's what they'll do it, if you just say you appreciate it, oh boy, but I appreciate that. And then and I tell everybody else what a nice person you are, because you did it. Okay, Colleen, just, uh, that's the end of the guy, that's the end of the... Yeah. yeah, just um, I, I think that well, a lot of marriages, you know, this is subjective, you know, undivorced, and I think that a lot of people got divorced, my generation, because well, ladies didn't know that guys were different. I mean, different in the sense that a lot of marriages went bye-bye because ladies were jealous of their husbands and they thought that they cheated, you know. And guys, guys of my generation never cheated on their wives, ever. Never one time. I'll tell you why. Because what cheating means to a lady, I'm sure, is kissing and hugging and liking somebody. That liking I talked about before. They really, Just you really like somebody. And what guys... They don't, that doesn't have to happen with them Not that they consciously think about it That's what it is Ladies think about it It's a thought process With guys it's not They detach In other words If a lady don't feel good If a lady can't go through a plate glass window And go to bed with you 10 seconds later When they don't feel good They don't feel good I know that But guys can have head-on collisions With Greyhound buses <laughs> Ladies don't know that they can go through plate glass windows, 50 people laying dead on the highway. And on the way to the hospital, in the ambulance, the guy makes play for the nurse. <laughs> the lady would never know how that's possible. How could he do a thing at a time like that? Sir? People were dying. How could you think of something like that? I got hot, I don't know. How could you get hot, you moron? You were... how can you get hot when people are dying? I don't know, I'm a moron, I guess. So. <laughs> it's an animal, it's just an animal, it's just terrible. It's just, yeah, it's just... Uh, what's that, there? are animals, they detach. They, they don't consciously, well, I'm gonna detach now, but... In other words, if a guy cheats on you, you'd never see him again. That means they really met someone they really like, 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 and they don't like you anymore. But if it's what you call cheating, and you might say, well, you come from a carnal culture, you know, you can best report your culture. But the fact that, well, the fact that it's against the law to do it to animals, and there are very few Jewish farmers. <laughs> and there's a whole other culture that, you know, that, uh, because, you know, only out of the fact arises the law. There was a problem, I'm sure, you know. There wasn't any, you know, newspaper pressure, you know, the L.A. Times, the sheep aren't safe, what are they doing in Sacramento, you know? There's a people, you know, that was mail on some, you know, Congressman's desk you know, assemblyman's desk. You know. What are we gonna do? We gotta have some law here. Look at the mail on my desk here. I don't know, what kind of law are we gonna write? Um, throw it in health and welfare for a while, that's all. <laughs> Keep the language substantially the same, sexual psychopathy 53, 53, and see. Don't do it to the Baba and others.
0: <laughs>
1: now if you really know that about the guys, you know, that they don't cheat. Now, you put a guys in desert islands; they'll do it to mud. <laughs> so if you really would cry, you know, oh, you do it to mud. And you don't love me. It's just weird. It don't matter. It's uh, can't explain. It. It's weird. They it just they don't they don't uh, they don't take mud to dinner. It's just uh, just don't be that way. And, uh, you know, it's a different emotion, different thing with guys. And, uh, if you came home and you found your husband really sitting on the bed with a chick or a chicken, you really shouldn't feel that you were betrayed, really, or want to leave him or be that hurt and cry. It's a, a chicken. Don't talk to me. In our bed, a chicken. No, I'm not angry, but leave me alone, that's all. You want dinner, get your chicken to get a feel. How come you came home early tonight? Your chicken left town, eh? <laughs> Go ahead with your chicken have a good time. Don't need me. Go ahead with your fancy chicken. I don't know how to chicken. I was drunk, I met her in the yard. What do you want me? <laughs> Just did it to make you angry, that's all. I don't care about chicken. Custody, uh, custody was really the, uh, get even, that was where it was at, yeah. That's the only way you can get even. You know. that's, that's the only get-even device. You know, is to grab the kid, you know. Make sure they never see that kid again. You always hear the first, first week bullshit's beautiful. I had to get the kid. The kid was wet. All of a sudden Schmuck is worried about the kid's wet. I went over there, the kid was wet and everything. <laughs> I had to take care, I had to take the kid. Are you kidding? The way guys running in and out, the kid was wet. And <laughs> I really love the kid. Where's the kid? With my parents. Very good, schmuck. Yeah, the first week. They spend the first week maligning the old lady's reputation after the breakup, you know Blah, 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 a piece of shit I didn't tell you she was a lesbian Yeah, I didn't tell you about that about her But she did this and this and uh, calling up the mother Mrs. Connors, you want to know what a piece of crap your daughter is? I'll tell you about her And they laid really, like, such a good foundation of such poison that when they go back together the friends don't want to talk to her anymore <laughs> yeah. now Listen, you know, she's not coming out of the house that's all And she does paper cups what you told me about her, you know it's, uh, yeah, so now the guy wants to see the chick. You know, he uh, he misses her. Hello, Vera. Listen, the only reason I called you, is you left some of your crap over here. I don't know, a hanger or something. Mr. <laughs> come over, shoot the shit a while. I don't know. go over. Maybe it's maybe maybe it can be reconciliation, kissing time, hugging time. Very critical time is in bed time. After bedtime. Because that's the time that, where the religion creeps back into it, you know. About the confession. Which is really a terrible time, that time. You know. Listen, uh, Vera, when we broke up, did you make up a lot of guys? Well, don't be silly, it's all you got on your mind. No, I, don't, I, don't, I don't give a shit, you know. Listen, we were legally separated, you know what I mean? I made it with a lot of chicks. You're know, entitled to make up a lot of guys. It's just like, no, for the hell of it. Did you make it with a lot of guys? I didn't make it with anybody Come on, don't bullshit me I'm not gonna hit you now I wanna know Tell me, who'd you make it with? I didn't make it with anybody Come on, I'm not gonna get mad now I just wanna know for the hell of it The hell am. Look, what's fair is fair Just uh, tell me Don't cop out never tell them Deny it if they got pictures, deny it Just flat out deny it Tell them it's some faggot hairdresser That's all yeah. Because if you do cop out, <laughs> oh, forget it. Yeah. Who'd you make it? Just tell me for the hell of it. Him? How could I'm not mad, but uh, it's a shocker, yeah. Because you told me you didn't like him. Uh, you told me you didn't want him over the house, yeah. How could you make it with him, that fat, disgusting. You cunt! Ah! <laughs> is a peace bond schlepping away yelling screaming uh, and that's because it told the truth you know, it's, uh, you know it's no truth there is no truth there's no lies it's uh... boom 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 WOR the Bamberger Broadcasting System and it's time for Hi-oh away. Hey that guy didn't wait for thank you he never does. That's the mass man, the Lone Ranger. He just likes people. You mean to tell me he wouldn't take a nickel? Not a quarter. You see what he did again this week? Took out the garbage, the ashes out, cleaned up the lawn. Wouldn't say nothing. Wouldn't take a nickel. Loves people. Get out of here. I'm telling you. There he goes again. Hi-oh, Silver! Hey, wait a minute, mass man, we made a party for you, I got a present. Mass man. He's gone again. Has he got a broad around here? Did you give him any money? I didn't give him a quarter. You mean to tell me this guy every week cleans up the yard here, takes the ashes out, did the windows with vinegar and newspaper and you don't want nothing? Nothing, he won't take a nickel. How does he live? I don't know, he's just selfless, he loves people. There he goes, hey, mask man. Hello, silver mask man. wait a minute! We made a party for you and everything, you asshole! I'm fed up with him already. What does he think? What is he, kidding? He saw me with my hand out there. <laughs> Look, I don't mind for myself, but he saw my mother make coffee and cake and everything. Go <laughs> old lady came out here, say thank you, that schmuck drives off in his Buick, Kyle Silver. <laughs> he's not a nice guy. I don't wanna hear that anymore, he's a nice guy. He's snotty. He has no humility. He can't, he saw the kids with the paper costumes. He knew we were making a big party for him. And he just goes off and Look, you, with you, everybody's nice. I'm telling you, he's not a nice person. If he's a nice person, how come he leaves bullets here all the time? Silver bullets, you know what silver bullets means? Dr. Ehrlich, you ever hear that? 606, what he's saying, everybody got syphilis, that's right. That's why he don't want no part of nobody. That's why he with his mouth, go He's no good, I'm telling you. I'm gonna kick his ass, I'm telling you. I'll bring him back here. I'm gonna kick his ass all over the lot right now. I'm tired of this horse. Shit, he's gonna get his ass kicked right now. Hold the gun on him, all. Oh, boy, my brother's hopping ass mad, buddy. <laughs> Our mama made all them hot Italian cakes. You runned off. You runned off and never did say thank you or nothing. You saw him out there. What the hell do you know he'd get crazy like that? She came out there with coffee and cake and you ride off. How come you're so good you can't accept nothing for nobody? Who the hell do you think you are? I'll explain if you get your goddamn hands off me. <laughs> Steady, big fellow. (laughs) The reason I never wait for thank you, supposing once I did wait for thank you, and I liked it, and I stuck around, and I said, let's hear it once again. Hey, we're in trouble, get the Lone Ranger, get the Masked Man. Just a minute, I'm getting a few thank yous, if you don't mind. (laughs) I'm gonna put my thank yous in a book, a thank you Masked Man book. When I'm old, people say, what have you done? You haven't been in shingles all your life? No, siding business. Look at this. Thank you, Mass Man. Leo Carrillo, Freeport, Long Island. I've had a good life. And one day, someone will say, There are no more thank you, Mass Mans. The Messiah has returned. You see, men like yourself and Lenny Bruce, you thrive upon the continuance of segregation, violence, and disease. Now that all is pure, you're in the shithouse. Well, then, I'll make trouble because I must have a thank you, mass man. This way, what I don't have, I don't miss. That's why I always ride off. How oh, damn, you up sure and talk some shit, buddy. I got a headache. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? Thank you, mass man, leave your career, siding business, look. My brother's mad, that's all I'm telling you. And all you gotta do to settle the whole thing is just accept the present, that's all. I mean, what the hell are you making a big deal out of this for? Just take a present, I'll tell them you accepted the present and you said, thanks, i would write something on the paper, you know, thank you, Mr. D'Angelo, for the present. Anything you want, anything on the top shelf, a doll, a whip, a cart, a luckies, go ahead. <laughs> anything I want? Go ahead, buddy, it's yours. No, no luckies. Um, all right, give me that Indian over there. Who's that, Tonto? Yes, I want Tonto the Indian. Oh, head, you can't have Tonto. Bullshit, you made the deal. That's what I want. I want Tonto the Indian. You're going to get your Tonto. His name ain't Tonto, it's Tonto. Now, you can't have Tonto. I want Tonto. You made the deal. I want Tonto the Indian. What the head do you want Tonto for? To perform an unnatural act. <laughs> to what? You heard me, to perform an unnatural act. The Masked Man's a fag, ah. He's a fag man, a dang queer. That's why you got that mask on, you got mascari under there. The fag man. The fag man. Mandrake, Lothar, all those couples. <laughs> Lothar, uh, Killed a Shriner in 1936 and kept a hat. That was his sickness. <laughs> he, I like to bring him up before the House on American Activities Committee. Yeah. I really would, because, uh, so you get, well, if you just get Daddy Warbucks up there. You know? Now, Daddy, uh, you've, uh, this little girl, this uh, Annie, this is, uh, you, uh, she calls you Daddy. Is that, if, uh, what is that, is that uh, vernacular? Are you her daddy? Uh, I understand you've had a lot of parties at your place uh, <laughs> and your servants are a little bizarre with punjab and, uh, <laughs> and, and the asp and... Uh, actually, what do you do for a living? What is your story? I mean, you don't have invisible means of support. You walk around, your head shined all the time and uh, and the kid's running around with that weird dog goes, arf, uh, arf, it's an arf, okay. Uh, well, you're having sex parties. Is that what is? That's what it actually is. We know that you're having these sex parties and ec- ecstasy. She has no eyes. Her eyes are rolled up back. Oh, daddy! Oh, daddy! Daddy! Never mind, daddy. The, the dog keeps going. Arf means next. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: later, Phil Spector. Good night.
0: October 4th, 1961, Lenny was arrested for obscenity at the Jazz Workshop in San Francisco where he had used the word cocksucker and said that to is a preposition, come is a verb, that the sexual context of come was so common that it bore no weight, and that if someone hearing it became upset, they probably couldn't come. (laughs) great bit by the way great bit but he got arrested for it on stage in October of 1961 many 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 years later uh, as the time would go on the next few years these uh, arrests and uh, condemnations from people would continue and uh, also uh, sadly uh, it it led to a lot of uh, mental issues with Bruce and therefore he started to Uh, become more involved in the drug culture that was emerging, and he became an addict, uh, so much so that it affected his health and repeated arrests further uh, deteriorated his mental health. By 1966, he had been blacklisted by nearly every nightclub in the U.S. as owners feared prosecution for obscenity. He gave a famous performance, really, at the Berkeley Comedy Theater, December 1965, which was recorded and became his last live album, The Berkeley Concert. Uh, I've got a copy of it. Uh, his last performance took place June 25th, 1966, at the Fillmore Auditorium in San Francisco on a bill with Frank Zappa and the mothers of invention uh, the performance was not remembered very fondly by Bill Graham whose memoir describes Bruce as whacked out on amphetamines uh, groom Graham rather thought that Bruce finished his set emotionally disturbed uh, Zappa asked Bruce to sign his draft card but the suspicious Bruce refused <laughs> and you know speaking of Frank Zappa we're going to be doing something on him later on uh, towards the end of the fall season on the program here on Randomocity. And you're not going to want to miss it because, boy, is it going to be something to see and hear. This is Lenny Bruce on the First Amendment comedy series from Randomocity, Toledo's only vinyl radio show, brought to you in part by Crumbly Comedy.
1: How Hitler got started, we take you to Bremerhaven. 1927 the largest theatrical office in Germany MCA Mein Kampf arises <laughs> and we listen uh, to the two German agents and the agents are in peril the Kaiser it seems sort of flipped uh, Heinrich that it is you realize what's happening? Uh, do I realize? I realize one thing, that we have 48 hours to find the dictator. It's a freaky business, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I don't know, you know what the hell it is. You, know, you figure last week, if you finally find a dictator, everybody. But now a dictator, everybody's working. We're working, you know, we got three days, you know, in Palo Alto. We got here, you know. We'd like to help you out Seeing, you know. I don't know about that. Wait, the Kaiser, he'll get his, you know. It's really your fault, you know, that we didn't get him on paper. We had a contract with him, and you said, oh, handshake, he's good. Yeah, he's good with a handshake. That's what he give us. Yeah, that's a bum, it's no good. Listen, he was still did us plenty of favors. What did you do? I just took a chance, just for the hell of it, and I called up Sensile Casting. Maybe, who can know? Maybe there is uh, some dictator types, We'll see. All right, switch on the intercom. Miss Peron, <laughs> send in the dictator type, sweetie. Yeah, later we'll meet at the Schwab's or if you're crazy. They're coming in now, the fellas, they so relaxed, yeah, Maybe, for, uh, yeah, sit down wherever you want, we fellas, yeah, relax. My name is Ben Melzer and uh, I'm the agent here. We're trying to find the dictator today. We have no script, a couple of pages, you know. We don't know where the hell we're going with the project ourselves. So. We want to see just today how you guys move. That's all. You know, just ad libit and we do the bit. All right? Okay, we call up the first fellow, Ben Eisler. Benny, come over here. That's it, just ad lib We want to see how you move today. Or maybe we put a few bucks behind you, you can do All right? Just, Benny, uh, you look familiar. Did I do you Schlitz Playhouse with you once today? No? Uh, Jean Herschel, the uh, thing for Ziv? No? All right. Okay, just sort of do it a bit, Das ist ungespillten Eisgefri, mal. That method crap. Get out of here with that Brando Jazz. Are you kidding me with that? Okay, Paul Schneider. Paul, do it a bit, yeah. Das ist ungespillten Eisgefri, you're a fruit. Now get out of here. Don't bug us no more. All of you gentlemen, get out of here. That's right. Get out. Out, all of you. We will call your agents. <laughs> You think you, (laughs) this is your fault. Don't ever look at me again. I'm gonna go out on my own personal management. I'll get Bobby Breen or
0: something.
1: I don't need you there. Don't get bugged with me. It's not my. It's not your fault. That we don't have a dictator? That we didn't have the Kaiser on paper? I'm finished with you. I can tell you that the whole life, the Third Reich, is depending on me and I can't do anything. Hey, but don't bother me. Hey, what is it? Don't look now, but dig the guy on your right that's painting the wall. Yeah. <laughs> Don't look right away, i will think you're putting him on. <laughs> the job with the white uniform and the cap on there. I find a screen right <laughs> there. Sonny, put down that painting. you do that later. Come here, come here, that's right. Look at his face, is this an album cover? <laughs> oh, this is Alvero. What's your name, my friend? Adolf Schickelgruber, gruber you're putting us on. <laughs> what are you guys talking about? Let me alone, I'm going go back to my fingers. Just stand there. That's your name, Adolf Schickelgruber. gruber It's a hoof and mouth disease, no? <laughs> hey, come on, you guys, don't fool around me, yeah? Don't you make a jerk out of me. I know you show people fooling around, make a fool out of somebody. They're not going to fool around. And um, I like Adolf, that's sort of hip, it's offbeat. I never heard this name. Adolf, that's nice. Give me a last name, I like that. Sort of offbeat, like Adolf what? Manju, you shut up. <laughs> you. That's your dumb sense of humor. <laughs> Let's see, I like Adolf. We should have something, maybe something. So we have something that's gonna really hit the people. Hit, Hitler. Adolf. Hitler. I like that. Adolf Hitler. Le Red Hackle Clock. Hitler. Let's see. ado Yeah, five and five for the marquee. Beautiful. Yeah, that's it. That's it, my Liebchen. You are mine. Adolf Hitler. Adolf, you're going to make more money in a minute what you make with this chemtone jazz in a year. No more, you're going to have to knock on the wall to see that it's genuine blaster. No, my friend, you will rise with the Third Reich. Yeah, get the designers up here. Uh, Get him something not too hip, too button, but a natural shoulder there. A little heel, yeah. That's right. With uh, no pockets, you know, because the Freudian thing keeps pulling on him. I like this. Adolf? Yeah? you are going to make a lot of money with you, sweetie. You should give him a different act. If we get a little rhythm section behind him, a we'll little swing there Sure, good, okay, sure. Jonah Jones, maybe? Yeah, okay. Call up maybe, um call up Leonard Bernstein. We get some tunes for him. Something nice opener. oh ho, 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 goodbye, Denmark. Goodbye. <laughs> Poland, how I love you, how I love you. Yeah, yeah. Czechoslovakia, here I come. Yeah, yeah that's good. Alright, yeah. We have made one more thing for the arm. We haven't done the arm band bit for a while since Attila. Of something lucky the squares will dig. Four sevens. Yeah, that's good for the arm. Four sevens, it'll be good. lucky they'll all dig it. Adolf, tomorrow, my friend, we'll be going on the road, my friend. And a little, we sign on the paper here, that's good. We're not getting screwed the second time. (laughs) Adolf, we'll see you tomorrow, sweetheart. Okay, well, thanks a lot, if you're kidding me, but I'll see you tomorrow.
0: Randomocity, Toledo's only vinyl radio show, is a production of Randomocity Podcast, LLC, copyright 2023-2024. No portion of this program may be rebroadcast, retransmitted, or reproduced without the express written consent of Randomocity Podcast, LLC, and this station. Of course, right now, we're not on any radio station. That's just our disclaimer we have to read each and every single time we do a show. That way, just to let people know, hey... Stop that if you're trying to copy us. (laughs) Stop that stuff. All right. Hey, we want to remind everybody, Randomosity is up for best radio show and best podcast again for Best of Toledo 2023 from the Toledo City Paper. You can go vote for us now every day until December 15th. Okay? ToledoCityPaper.com. Go to Best of Toledo 2023 tab. Pull up the media section and there we are under best radio show, best podcast. Vote for us every day, once a day till December 15th and pass it on to as many people as you can and let them know to vote for us as well. We are also going to be on Owens Community College Radio uh, every Thursday between now and the end of our fall semester. We're doing a series called A Month of Thanks, where we're profiling different songs that inspired us to go buy that particular record. This particular week, we're focusing our energies on R&B and soul, so you're not going to want to miss that. I know I say that with everything, but you don't want to miss anything we're doing because we are here for you. We are Toledo's only vinyl radio show. This is Randomosity. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Dr. Jay Thomas. Come back next week for the second part of our First Amendment comedy series where we're going to be profiling Moms Mabley. Ladies and gentlemen, the doctor has left the office. You're listening to the Toledo City Paper. Reader and radio listener. Voted best of Toledo. 2022. The best radio show and best podcast. Sometimes you're just going to suck. This is Randomosity. Toledo's only final radio show.
1: Uh, Is this man. supposed to be advice? No, I'm just rambling. I worked at a place called Lima, Ohio, that I left MCA over. Because I, I don't know if there's any people in sales here, but when you travel in these towns, there's nothing to do during the day. They're very boring. Like, right, the first day, you go through the five and ten. That's one day shot, right? <laughs> the next day, you go to the park, you see the cannon, and you've had it. That's it. <laughs> Let's forget it, yeah. The lending library in the drugstore has two Fannie Hurst novels and Pearl Buck. Yeah, it doesn't make it. Eh? So I'm working in this town, and the owner is one of these guys, real hung up on this old lady. Chick about 60 years old, still holding on with a leopard leotard, and the brown and white spectator pumps with a whoopee socks. You know, so so <laughs> I'm really bug working. I'm staying at the show business hotel. The other show people, one guy runs the movie projector in town. And the other guy sells Capizio shoes. <laughs> so they held me over for spite, just completely depressed. At night, uh, a city like this, if I wanna go between shows, I can go to the Black Hawk. maybe, you know, because I was ever playing in a jazz group, I a you know, jazz workshop, I can get anywhere. But in these towns, you can step out of the club, there's you on the road, and you don't know, see anything but stars. <laughs> Stars, beautiful stars, and one Sacconi station, you know. And those guys that work nights just don't swing somehow, you know. Okay, Fred, let me see the rack again. That's nice. All right. All right. <laughs> oh. <clears throat> and they always give you matches. Here, take some matches. And you always hear the story about small towns, that are wild, you know. Peyton Place is a dirty lie, you know, <laughs> nothing, you know. You figure even the waitresses, you know, they're all elderly women with corrective stockings, you know, and mother goose shoes, you know, <laughs> and those handkerchiefs, different ones every day pinned on. So, I'm looking at swing, they're bringing me in jelly and chicken soup. Now, I'm there like the third week and I'm completely whacked out, just very drunk with the town. I get off the floor one night, waitress says to me, there's a couple wanna meet you. That's solid, oh, there's a couple about 65 years old, nice people, sit down. Guys to me, uh, you from New York? I say, yeah, originally. So I recognize that accent, tall cork was water. Oh, yeah. So, now we're down, listen, no, I'm kidding, we got some relations in New York. Oh, anywhere, Rochester. <laughs> Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, listen, but uh, I bet, listen, the town's a town. I never thought of it that way, but that's pretty wild. The town's a town. Okay, now, like, it's completely degenerated into, like, it's a rat race, and there's a lot of phonies. My whole mouth is white from taking the tranquilizer with no water now, you know. And the wife is a real schlub. She got the short sleeve dress on with a vaccination as big as a basketball, you know. Oh, the replete, you know, with a mole, with a hair, and it. <laughs> and she's got, has got one of the, You ever see those crinkly dresses, that, like this, this kind you can see through, and you don't wanna, you know. <laughs> Later. <laughs> now, guy is like, but he, he stops, you know. At a left field, kinda mop like this, and he looks at me. And I see sort of a searching hope in his eyes, you know? And the guy goes, uh, you're Jewish. <laughs> I says, yeah, I think maybe the Bund is hiding it. <laughs> it's your Jewish boy, what are you doing in a place like this? I said, I'm passing. Slug, <laughs> so I know you show people, you don't let crap on the road, all the-. That's your concept. What'd you have to like crap on the road? That's what we eat all the time. So come over the house. My wife will make a nice, get them to She'll Enjoy. That's you know. all right. You know. I'm lonesome. So he makes the address out on the wet cocktail napkin. You know. The Sheckner's, you know, the address. Now, usually I read for about two hours before I go to sleep. Eight o'clock in the morning, I'm completely zonked out, really sleeping. Nine o'clock in the morning, the phone rings. Ring. Mm-hmm. Hello? How's Mr. Scheckner! Who? The people from last night are shaking up. Oh yeah, what's happening, baby? So we didn't wake you, did we? No, man. I always get up at nine o'clock. Huh? I like to get up about fifteen hours before work. You know, give me a chance to get coffee, brush my teeth, and everything. So why we called you? I was wondering about that, man. My wife wants to. Know what do you want to eat? You're putting me on, aren't you? <laughs> at nine o'clock, anything. I'm not a fuss eater, man. A chicklet, a Fig Newton, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know the address, solid, I'll be there. Now I get over there. Now, mind you, I'm not going over there with a patronizing kind of, you know. When to put, I'm gratefully invited me over. I come over, they invite some chick over for me to look at. Did you ever dig? How can a chick look bad in a knit dress, right? It's like a hockey stick with hair on it. It's sunk, you know. ridiculous, terrible, really. You know, you know, the lipstick on the teeth, the whole bit. Now, we're talking, you know, cool, and you know, and he showed me all the pictures and everything, how the house used to, and the, how dirty the other people were who lived there, you know, and we cleaned for months. And well, they take me around the house, and they, yeah, it's a very, that's a light, lovely closet. It's nice. It's, a, it's a nice to have the towels folded. It's just uh, a lot of people with the bath towels in the bottom, you get the washcloths there and it's nice like that, yeah. Uh, they always have a piano that nobody plays. The whole function of the piano is to have that brown eight by 10 picture, that schlub in the army saluting. That's, that's Morty, he lost some weight. Now, dig this. As soon as they find out that you've played the coast, you know, you've been in Hollywood, for some reason they get vicious with you. The guy says to me, you're in Hollywood, right? Yeah? That's true about Liberace? What's that? (laughs) Don't worry, you know. He don't know, right? Well, if you tell me, I don't know. He's a sissy. Well, I don't know the man's behavior patterns. I mean, I never hung out with him or anything like that. But then I get good and vicious, I it? So I don't know about Liberace, but um, Eddie's a big fruit. You know that? doesn't <laughs> Really? <laughs> Are you kidding him and Georgie? It's disgusting. Oh, I never knew that. Where do you think the money for the B'nai B'rith goes? Are you kidding? Cooling out those beefs all the time.